0: Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. Welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Sebastian Slovan, and I am very excited about today's episode. So today we're going to have a chance to speak with our very own Luke Humphrey. And so Luke is very new to the Nature Unplugged team, and he's currently working as an intern slash guide in training. And um, Luke is also a former coaching client of ours. And today we're going to be hearing about his perspective on wellness in the digital age. From the perspective of an jenner or an i someone in the i generation, and we're also going to have time to dive into his story of working through being totally overwhelmed with the tech and devices and gaming in his life to a place of more balance and intentionality. So that'll be Luke will be joining us momentarily. And the, before we get into that, though, we have a few Nature Unplugged updates. Okay, what are the updates? So, as you may have heard. We have recently launched our newest book, Experience Nature Unplugged, a guide to wellness in the digital age. That came out March 1st, 2021, in paperback. And just recently on March 15th, it came out in ebook. And, uh, you know, we are certainly huge fans of regular paperback books, analog books. And, you know, there's a time and a place for a good ebook. I've got a Kindle, I love it, especially. Uh, Certain times traveling, or if I'm trying, you know, if I don't want to lug a bunch of books around, it's really nice to have my books on a little device. So there's a time and place for that. And if that's your preference, check it out now. You can get it on Amazon and wherever books are sold, both the paperback and ebook version. And in addition to the release of our book, or in conjunction with the release of our book, we are pumped to announce that our philosophy and contract for wellness in the digital age these are tools resources that we've been using with our clients for a number of years and they were previously only available to our clients but we included them in our book and now they are available to you if you are interested in checking them out you can uh, check them out on our website www.natureunplugged.com and you know in addition to a lot of other Really great free resources that are that are on our website. Now the philosophy and contract are there as well. In other news, this is very exciting. We have in San Diego at least, and in California, have uh I think it's just San Diego, have gone into the red tier in terms of COVID status. And initially I thought that was a you know a really bad thing. Red tier sounds pretty intense, but I guess it's better than purple tier, apparently. And so red tier means there's an opening up of, of the world, right? People are allowed, there's in dining, in restaurant dining, other things are starting to open up. We're gearing up to hopefully be able to do some more group activities, workshops, presentations. And I just wanted to you know take this as an opportunity that you know, we're coming out of a really tough time with COVID and a lot of people being very isolated and on and on and overwhelmed with the technology and zoom and everything going on and so if you're looking for some assistance a deeper dive you know we have tons of great services to help you so whether that's one-on-one coaching or coaching for your family or if you're looking for a workshop for your team or workplace we do all sorts of stuff and then we're going to have on the website and in announcements, we're gearing up to be doing some retreats this spring and summer, which we're very excited about. So more to come on that. But um, check out our services. Again, all that stuff is available on natureunplugged.com. Okay, so let's get into it. I have with me, very excited, Luke Humphrey. Welcome to the program. What's up? What's up? What's up? So as I mentioned, uh, Luke is a in full disclosure, previous client of ours. We've I've known Luke for a little while now, and he recently joined our team. So super pumped to have him on the team. And Luke is a sort of intern, guide, and training general. We're trying a lot of stuff out on you. It's but it, it's been um, it's been great to have you. Yeah, on the it's
1: team. been great working for you.
0: Yeah, and so we're gonna we're gonna jump into your background in a little bit. I want to hear more about your story again. This is from the perspective of someone. You know, I'm a millennial. You're an i. Is it iGenner? I don't know. iGen. You're in I the Gen? i. I, yeah, Gen. I think so. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about some of your story, but before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about uh, just so everyone's on the same page. What, some about like a little bit about the generational differences and what it means to be in the iGen. Yeah. Cool with that? Let's totally. do it. Let's go. Okay. So, uh, a little bit about the iGen. So. This stands for Internet Generation, and it's basically anyone born between 1995 and 2012. When were you born? Like
1: 1999. so I'm Okay, right, right in there. You're in there. Okay, barely a '90s kid. <laughs> yeah,
0: 99. All right. So this is—it's also called Generation Z, and but we, we like the uh, the term IGen, and this is coined by uh, Jean Twenge, who is we're huge yeah, Nature Unplugged, huge fans of hers. She's, she's a research psychologist from San Diego State University. Where I went to school, and um, she coined iGen. She's awesome, but um, she's also one of the leading experts on generational differences and the impact of tech on different age groups. So we, she's like hugely instrumental and influential for us. And okay, so a few interesting things about the the iGen is that they were, or one thing is that they were the first generation to reach adolescence after smartphones became widespread. Right. So like I'm imagining. You didn't really have a time where, like, smartphones and stuff weren't around, or do you remember times? I
1: I, was a I actually do remember when like flip phones and like BlackBerry was still a thing. Okay. Like, it was very very minimal mem- uh, memories of that. Yeah. Like I remember when my dad got like the first iPhone, which was day one release. I remember seeing. I was like, this thing is so cool. Yeah. Um, I was like eight years old. I'd just been like picked up from like soccer practice or something like that. I was like, oh, this thing is so sick. So. But yeah, most of my life has been, there's been a smartphone there. Got it. Most, yeah. I can't really remember past that much, but
0: yeah. So eight years old, that's yeah, pretty young, right? So old. it's like I think that's the idea with the the iGen. It's like they're those are pretty formative years when the when the phone like smartphones were pretty much just around. And you're kind of on the earlier side of i. Well, you're kind of in the middle, but anyway, that okay. Interesting, interesting. So okay, your iGen. Mm-hmm. And Sonia and I are millennials. We're like on the earlier side of millennials, and millennials are 1980 to, two, uh, to 2000. Anyway, that's also called Gen Y. And sort of the interesting thing, this is like our kind of not claim to fame, but the interesting thing I think about millennials, where we we were folks that are older than us, we're qu- like full on adults and quite older when technology, like when smart technology came, but we kind of had this. We had the our early years as millennials were like smartphone or like cell phone free completely so we had this kind of like free upbringing or or tech free upbringing yeah. and then smartphones and stuff came around when we were like already at a you know a bit more mature you know like mm-hmm. early adults so we kind of could i think opt in versus it wasn't just like an automatic part of our life yeah, like you can like,
1: already have like your habits built and stuff yeah like totally
0: totally and then, uh, you know, what in terms of just generational stuff, you know, after millennials, there's Gen X that's born between 1965 and 79. And then boomers who were 1946 to 64. And so your parents probably, we don't have to get into the details of when yeah. they were born, but they're from Gen X, I think. And then my parents are boomers. And so we have these, you know, between the two of us, four different generations that we're connected yeah. to. So a couple of interesting things also about the iGeneres. So this is the... they spent their entire adolescence, as we mentioned, the age of the smartphone or smart devices. And it seems like from, from a lot of the stuff, Gene Twenge talks about like social, like social media, texting, all that kind of replaced other activities or, uh, you know, you had this option of communicating with people from the comfort of your home versus, you know, going out and hanging out. So this is also, and this, I'm not talking smack about your generation, but it's like, it's like, they're not all bad for sure. I think one other thing is too, this is a, safer generation than other generations in terms of uh like drug use drinking it's, it's so that's a good thing
1: yeah that's that's actually a funny argument a lot of like people that i know are like kids my age will use is like oh you should be like to like, they'll say that to their parents. They'll be like, oh yeah, you should be like super stoked on me. I'm not out doing drugs and like drinking and Right. doing all this bad stuff. Totally. So they're, they're really super aware of it too. It's really funny.
0: Yeah. And it's not, so no judgment here. We're just like, mm-hmm. it's just talking about the, it's interesting to talk about the differences, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. totally like grow, and growing up more slowly, right? And there's pros and cons to that. But they're, your generation is, you know, having sex later, like doing drugs later uh, or, <laughs> or not at all. Um Drinking later, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it would be kind of fun to just ask you a few questions. I'll answer them, too. We'll just talk about some to, to illustrate our generational differences.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Okay, so Luke, what was your favorite TV show growing up? And did you have one?
1: Um, I honestly don't know if I had, like, a favorite. Okay. Probably some kind of, like, cartoon on, like, Cartoon Network, if that's still around. I Um, had cartoons. Probably something like that, which was more of, like, I think it was, like, stuff along the lines of, like, Adventure Time or, like, Regular Show, which were mostly just, like, cartoons that were kind of a little bit more raunchy. Okay. Um, Got it. Still, like, kind of, like, kid-friendly okay to a degree <laughs> got it
0: got it got it what about like in high school what was your f- favorite show
1: high school was around when i got into a lot of like anime and stuff like okay. that through a lot of like some of my friends introduced it to me in middle school and by the time i hit high school that was about all i watched got it and youtube like you don't okay. really watch a lot you're of, not
0: watching like normal tv yeah
1: for me at least i don't really watch a lot of traditional tv or i'd be watching maybe like one or two shows on netflix but got it i'd say probably at that time my favorite show was one piece which is like a giant anime it's like a it's one of the longest running animes of like all time in japan it's been going for 20 years okay longer than i've been alive actually so got it great show cool on. okay <laughs>
0: okay okay um what about favorite video game
1: Favorite video game? Um, definitely would have to be, probably like Minecraft. Um, Minecraft was like basically a craze when I was like twelve years old. And okay, it was one of like the best games ever, just because it was it was like just a sandbox game and you could do whatever you wanted. Kind of there was no there was no rules to the game, and you basically just kind of let your imagination run wild. It was. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah, Minecraft's still a very popular game. I heard oh, I hear
1: it's it's even bigger now than it was then. Yeah.
0: Okay, so my favorite TV show was something like I don't know if you heard of the Save by the Bell. Do you remember? Saved did you by hear the it's Bell. like a rant? It was like this is and there's all these shows that were kinda like when I'm thinking about like middle school, coming home from school, maybe watching a show before going out. Yeah. Save by the Bell, shows like that. And they were on TV. And video game, you know, I played I wasn't like super hardcore into into video games, but we I loved like this is like Mario Kart and stuff like yeah. that. Old school. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. Different. Um, okay, what's one thing that makes you feel old?
1: Makes me feel
0: old. Yeah, like, compared to, like, you have a, you know, or like t- for younger kids that you see, I don't know, is there anything in particular that makes you feel old when you hear them talk or anything like that?
1: Um, probably TikTok is the thing that makes me feel really old Okay, now. yeah. That Even makes though me, a yeah. lot of people, like, who are my age still use it and stuff, I kind of have not been a big fan of it for ever since it became a thing okay. i think that's mainly because of my my younger siblings yeah they also make me feel quite old right <laughs> got it
0: um okay cool well let's i think that was that was good to just get some of those questions out so let's i want to hear a little bit more about your let's dive into more like your relationship with technology and nature growing up. so can you share about like like where in nature you played as a kid and how did how did that inspire you
1: So when I was five, we moved to where I live now, and we have a big kind of like green patch right behind our house. Um, Basically, it just has, it's like a green strip, or I don't know what you call it, like one of those areas that has to stay in its natural state, and there's like a walking trail. Um, And basically, there's like a little canyon behind there, and there's lots of like wildlife. There's like lizards, spiders, scorpions, all sorts of stuff back there. And I had a ton of fun messing around there with um, all the kids in the neighborhood. There was kind of like little cliffs that were not super dangerous, but um, like fun enough to get like a 10-year-old going kind of thing. Yeah. And we would tie off like ropes to like stuff that could really only support like a 10-year-old's weight and climb around on these like basically little mini cliffs and stuff like that. And we'd run around and make like, or we would attempt to make like forts and hidden bases or like... Cool. dig holes with sticks and stuff like yeah that. And, and that how, was honestly a ton of fun so. yeah that sounds cool mm-hmm.
0: and how did that how do you think that that time it's really cool that that you had that how do you think that time like impacted or inspired you today
1: um i just like to be outside like it's it's uh it was just a lot of fun to like be outside um just because i don't know it was like the one place where we could go where we didn't have like our parents hounding us or anything right no one would really watch us. It was right behind my house, so my parents felt safe enough to let us go there. Right. And I kind of always had that kind of, like, I guess fear of leaving the nest, so to speak, even though it was kind of, like, before I had a smartphone or anything like that. My parents were very, like, sheltery, so it was, it was really cool to, like, be outside and, I don't know, just be in nature, just kind of, like, by yourself or with your friends and some yeah. element of risk, too. It was a nut.
0: Okay, so let's talk about your relationship with technology. So you talked about your relationship with nature, you, you, and you shared a little bit about you know, smartphones coming out or your are dagging an iPhone when you were eight. But how did you, you know, what are some memories you have of your, your first interactions with technology and how has that impacted you today?
1: So I was always very, very like obsessed with screens. Anytime some kind of screen would turn on when I was younger, my eyes would just get glued to it. So I just thought it was very interesting, and, like, I'd go over to friends' houses, and they'd be playing, like, games, like, I think, like, the first major game I was introduced to was, like, Club Penguin, if anyone okay. knows what that is. It's basically just a silly game where you run around as a penguin and play these dumb games, but I was like, oh, this is so cool, and my parents were very, like, against the idea of video games. They wanted me to be outside and stuff like that, um, but when I was 12, they finally caved and got me a DS, and i played that thing non-stop for, like, months on end.
0: Is it DS, like, a little handheld thing? Yeah, it's the little Nintendo,
1: their first little handheld, and I thought the thing was so cool. Um, And, yeah, basically, I've just been playing games since. Um, Really, when I look back, I see how much of, like, kind of, like, a problem it was, but I didn't realize then because I didn't care. I would just, I'd rather play, like, a game than, like, talk to people or do anything like that. Um, no, that totally makes sense that, yeah
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, shifting into this I like, like alluded to this in the beginning but, you know um, you went through a time like more recently where I think you and I'll let you speak to this but realized like, you know, you felt you were out of balance with technology in terms of just gaming and, and stuff like that so um, can you share just a little bit more about like how things got out of balance and, and where you were at when things were tough a few years ago
1: yeah totally i mean so though i had a lot of like social anxiety when i was in middle slash high school yeah and that's just kind of where i started to lean into playing games a lot more um and so i've had a couple different phases where i feel like it's kind of flown out of balance um normally times where i'm feeling insecure or just uh not very confident i'd normally lean into games more yeah um and not necessarily being anti social. I would still talk with my friends online and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know, it was just like kind of like a safe haven. I could kind of just click I could turn it off whenever I wanted. It wasn't like a social situation, like but you always had like an exit button, so to speak. It was yeah. it was kinda interesting where you could just kinda like turn it off. And then also, um, in college, like I had a bit of a rough go too, where I was playing a lot of video games and stuff like that, not going out. Um, and then recently, too, with the Zoom, the whole Zoom thing, um, realizing that school and where I would normally go to kind of, like, unwind or have a little break and chat with my friends, I was spending, like, 80% of my time on my computer doing both work and for pleasure. And right. And basically, I would do... It was exhausting. And, like, my eyes were starting to hurt. And I right. felt super fatigued, wasn't sleeping well. And I was like, this is this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to get back to the things that I really do like doing, like surfing, snowboarding. I was a rock climber for a little bit, so.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. And well, I appreciate you sharing that and being, you know, candid about that. You know, it's not an easy thing to talk about. And I think this will resonate with a lot of people out there. There's a ton of people who I think it is a whether it's gaming or social media or news, there's a lot of aspects of technology that can be a not so much a crutch, but it's a it's it's an, a sa- it's an escape and it's a, it's a sort of a safe place when things are feeling when when we're feeling like stressed or less confident um, or anxious or whatever like that. Yeah, it can be- I
1: kind of see it as almost like a drug in a way where it's like it kind of gives you that same like numbing effect whereas if you were to go out and like have a drink, I would rather just go play like a game or something like that, where instead of I pick up the bottle, I turn on my computer.
0: Right. So you didn't get into like necessarily drugs or alcohol, but, but, but like, I mean, it's not quite the same, but it it was almost a a similar mechanism, a similar. Yeah. Similar mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. And I think that's, I think a lot of people are dealing with that. Um, You know, and you, you kind of spoke to this, but what do you, is there anything in particular that you find most challenging about like Finding balance in today's like highly distracted, especially now in pandemic times. Is there anything in particular that is most challenging to you?
1: I would say just how easy it is. Um, Yeah. Like uh, we're fortunate enough to live in Southern California. I'm fortunate enough to be back here because of COVID and stuff. But it takes a lot more effort to put on a wetsuit and grab your surfboard and drive down to the beach than it does to turn on your computer and press two buttons and you're talking, I'm talking with my buddies from, who are going to school in a bunch of different places and we're playing games and having a good time in a fraction of the time that it took for me to go outside and actually put in some effort. Right. And I think it's just cause it's a lot easier. That's what's really hard. And sometimes I don't even notice myself doing it. I'll be 30 minutes into a session. I'm like, what happened? I, was, I said I was going to go surf today, but instead.
0: Uh, oh, like a gaming session? Yeah. I'm just yeah.
1: playing games. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Calm, like i was, the waves are good. I want to go surf like.
0: Yeah. No, that's I mean it's a, a, I think a really great and well-spoken answer. I think it's it is so easy. And I think that's right. We we don't need to get way into this, but it's mm-hmm. obviously designed that way to make it so easy compared to like going for a surf. You got to like yeah, yeah. drive to the beach or get to the beach. You got to put your wetsuit on, all that. There's there's a It's, cold. it's not it's not yeah, it's cool. It's, it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah, so there's lots of barriers. So we connected a, a few years ago and started to do some coaching work. We don't necessarily, again, need to get into like the details of, yeah. you know, what we talked about. But I think, you know, and I want to acknowledge it wasn't just like our work together that that has helped you turn around. That's like the the work is really you've done the work. But what's been, you know, what have been some of your successes in finding more balance and uh, yeah wellness in the digital age?
1: Um. I'd say definitely one of the things you we talked about early on when we were first started meeting was the, the value experience matrix. Okay, yeah. I think that's a really cool one because I think a lot of people, at least today, their, their self-worth kind of goes up and down. And I guess for, for people that don't know, it's kind of basically an idea that your value stays relatively constant as a human being, regardless what's going on around you. And I think a lot of people... Will kind of associate especially with like social media and stuff like that if you get a lot of likes you're on a high if you don't get a lot of likes you're on a low and that kind of determines your worth as a person and yeah i was going through some rough patches where i was thinking oh, i'm less of a person than i was if i was having a good time and i was realizing that um was super helpful to me at least um yeah. because i think a lot of stuff with gaming and social media is if you're winning you're on a high if you're losing you're on a low
0: right yeah and that's you you spoke to it well i think that's something i don't think we've talked about in the podcast the value versus experiencing it is we dive into it in a book and it's a big part of our coaching right and yeah again it's it's i want to give a shout out to a mentor of mine um dr gregory dixon a psychologist who who showed me that a while back and it's been really helpful and i think it's super applicable to as you said to like particularly to this time and in, in place because right. so many people as you said are their their sense of self-worth their value goes up and down basically based on followers likes mm-hmm. social media interactions and that's like it's no way to live yeah. right so it's i mean it's like you can have the idea is here you can dislike if you don't get any likes you know it's like a, you can be disappointed but it doesn't make you a horrible person or yeah. someone who's not worthy of you know love <laughs> exactly. or whatever yeah okay and what about um what about like more of the tan that's like more of the inner work stuff which i think is hugely important what about like any new any life skills or more tangible things that have been helpful for you in terms of finding balance
1: yeah for sure i think definitely just getting off some stuff like i talked about the social media i'd spend and i know you guys are talked about this a lot like in your book like how often people pick up their phones and check it right turning off notifications getting apps that I I really don't care about off my phone and just going on a walk without your phone going places without your phone which is really hard these days because your phone does more and more things right like my phone is my wallet it is my keys it is it's basically everything so leaving it is you kind of feel a little naked but um it feels good it's weird and you'll find yourself reaching i'll reach for my phone even if i don't have it even, <laughs> right even like ghost like buzzes where you think you'll have a little like in your pocket but it's not even there like, yeah it's it's really freaky um it's <laughs> just, i've experienced yeah. that
0: too and it's funny we had a while back we interviewed for the podcast um a psychologist who studies this stuff, larry Rosen. Dr. Rosen's—he's like lead researcher in, in in tech and the impact of tech as well. He's in San Diego, but he—I think he's studied some of like the phantom buzzing thing, and it's like yeah. a real phenomenon that people experience. And I've experienced. it, I'm like, no, I swear, it yeah. just buzzes.
1: Especially when you're very anxious, like the yeah. phantom buzz is a very the phantom good buzz thing. ramps up when yeah,
0: they, yeah, okay, got it. So so turning off notifications, some of the some of the tips: turning off notifications, taking off apps that you don't need or use. Just putting your phone down and and getting out. That's, I think those are all really great. Um, And it's, I I totally, I want to just say that I, I feel, I mean, I think on the one hand, you, like the iGen is coming up with, you have so much access to like cool information and like in many ways, you're way ahead of how we were as millennials or or Gen X or whatever. And it's a really tough time. I want to acknowledge that. I think it's a really tough time to be growing up or to be like, you know, reaching, a, you know, adulthood because of, I think a lot of the systems, like a lot of the social, your social life is like based on mm. online stuff. It's just like, so I feel for you yeah. and it's a tough, not really a question, but it's just a tough, tough deal. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's definitely weird. Like, I mean, I deleted, um, not my own personal Instagram, but I got off the app and it was crazy how like fast I lost touch with some of my right. friends as I did that. Like just immediately the distance just became like huge. Just yeah. from not being able to send funny pictures to each other in our right. Instagram group chat, like it's <laughs> yeah. crazy.
0: So it's like yeah, how you know how how to stay connected, how to how to be intentional with your technology use, be responsible for what works for you, and also you don't want to like disconnect from your yeah. your tribe. You know, yeah. I'm curious if you have any. Um, I know we have uh, parents out there listening with with iGen kids. Do you have any tips for for parents raising iGen? Hygiene kids out there
1: oh man um I would say well I think this is or is something... it just a
0: lost is it a lost cause the edge <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't I don't think it's a lost cause but I think I think filling their time I think something that I, at least I wish my parents did a little more was push me to do certain things um And finding something that I really like to do kind of like a hobby or like a passion um, like outside of the tech outside of tech and gaming right Um, because I think that's fine I think that's a really easy hobby to get into which is it's kind of a I don't want to say a trap but because I think it's all there's a lot of really cool stuff with like coding and stuff that takes a lot of screen time where people can do some incredible stuff Um, but like finding some kind of hobby outside like I know one friend of mine from college he's a He's super good at, like, uh, a lot of, like, coding stuff and, like, building PCs and lots of, like, stuff that requires a lot of screen time, but he was also super into, like, Ultimate Frisbee, which like, he would take a lot of time, and Ultimate Frisbee is a ton of fun and, like, a lot of good, like, it's super good exercise, you're outside, so finding that balance where you can do kind of, like, one, it's not kind of, like, you don't want to replace it, but kind of in tandem with. Yeah. Um... Because I think trying to get iGeners to leave their screen, that's an uphill battle that I don't think you're going to win, because I think the minute you send them off to college or whatever, all that will fall apart. Right. Um, yeah. And so I think finding kind of like a passion or something like that is the best way.
0: To yeah. Do. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So like so having this, not again, not, not being super hardcore and, yeah. and restricting everything, but finding other analog activities or hobbies that are that can help balance things out. Ideally outside. Ideally moving yeah. moving the body. I think that's great.
1: Yeah, just add, don't take away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. So we'd like to leave our listeners with something. I think there's been lots of tangible stuff, but some sort of a challenge, right? Like a weekly challenge for the podcast. And so, what's one thing that you'd like to challenge our listeners with for this this next week?
1: Um, something that I kind of do. Recently that I think might be a good challenge for people is taking a walk to a specific destination without your phone um, This is something I'll do. There's a there's a Mexican place by my house. It's about a 15-20 minute walk uh, There's a big hill there, so it's it's some good exercise, but I'll leave my phone at home I'll go walk over there my little treat at the end is I get a burrito, and then I'll walk back Um And it's nice. It's it's a good break from the day. I normally do it between my Zoom classes. It would juice me up, get me ready for my next uh, two-hour period of blankly staring at a screen. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, uh, was, yeah, it used to be the highlight of my day was doing that little walk right there. So I think maybe just pick like a place or even if you need that little carrot like a burrito, um, just pick a place to go, do a little something, and then come back.
0: Yeah could be. Yeah, I think that's a great one. Is it fully leaving? And that's really hard for people now. It's like, you know, people even like watching their steps or, you know, fully leaving. I think the phone or even devices at home going for a walk. And it's amazing. I do this as well. It's amazing what you'll notice compared to either walking while being plugged in or driving. Well, cool, Luke. Thanks so much. I think that wraps it up. Thanks for the challenge. Thanks for being on the podcast. Appreciate you you coming on.
1: Yeah, it was a pleasure. It's awesome.
0: Well, we'll have to have you back on, and we'll, we can continue the um, the iGen millennial sort of uh, conversation.
1: Yeah, when well, I'm a super awesome Nature Unplugged guy. That's I'm right. Fully trained. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: We'll, we'll keep it rolling. We'll keep you back. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the Nature Unplugged podcast. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Wherever you want to get your podcast, really. And we're now on YouTube. If you want to get your podcast from YouTube, we'd love it if you could take a moment to rate and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us. And be sure and you know uh, like and subscribe to us on YouTube if you're into that. And natureunplugged.com. Check it out for more information and resources. You can learn more about our coaching workshops presentations retreats and other free resources like this podcast and you can find also more detailed show notes on our website you just click free resources and then click podcasts thank you so much for listening we will catch you next time and in the meantime remember to experience nature unplugged
1: Change like seasons out of our control. If you think you should go, I will let you go.